Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. The program and uh, we are back to politics as usual, ladies and gentlemen. However, um, as I said the other day, I hope you punched your ticket for the Trump train. It is Jigman Freud with you today. Check us out online, jiggyjaguar.com. Also, download our app, jiggyjaguar.us. You can stream the show live, podcasts, videos, all that. And uh, get a hold of us on social media as well through our app. Check out Red Nation Radio as well. And 50-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. iHeartRadio as well. And today on our big program... We have a uh, a uh, fascinating, fascinating discussion today. Um, we've got Josh Bernstein uh, from JoshBernsteinPoliticalWriter.com. We also have our good friend Richard Kurtz from Strategies PR. And both of these gentlemen are probably as as, as uh, excited as I am today. Um, I, I just find this whole election to be hilarious uh, <laughs> because... As I said before, and now stats are proving me proving me correct, all the people who wanted Bernie didn't go vote for Hillary, and all the people who really wanted Trump went and voted Trump, and uh, it was a landslide victory. First, let's go to Josh. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. The, the grass is a little greener, the, the sky is a little bluer, and the air smells like... You know, um, reemergence and revitalization in America. Now, what did you make of the? Uh, uh, you joined us on our election night on the net coverage. What did you make of the uh, the speech that he gave uh, after he had be, after he had been finally crowned the winner after uh, Google, which is amazing because Google are the people that have been trying to subvert the election. They finally threw in the towel at uh, what was it, one thirty in the morning Central Time, and said, "Okay." He's won this thing, <laughs> and then everybody started falling in line. Uh, what did you make of the speech, Josh? And then we'll go to Rich. Well, I thought it was, you know, just uninspiring in a lot of ways. Like normally, when you hear him speak at his rallies, he's rah rah, he's pumping up the crowd, and he just walked out like, "Okay, folks, this is a great victory." And it didn't seem like he had a lot of energy. Granted, it was three o'clock in the morning or four yes. o'clock in the morning. <laughs> You know, in New York, uh, I would assume, but uh, you know, it just didn't seem like he had like a ton of energy. It was almost like he spent all of his energy, you know, out campaigning, and it was like, okay, here it is. Now what? <laughs> you know. So, but <laughs> now, Rich, from a uh, from a PR perspective, uh, this this is amazing because I find it so great that all these people. Who uh, who bashed him and was talking crap on him and everything? The very next day, the Glenn Becks of the world, all the way to the Mexican president, were like, you know, we're really interested well, in working with the with the new guy. Just touch back at the speech; it really does explain everything. There's a there's a rule of thumb in sales where you try to meet the person on the other side of the table at their level. 
you know, you don't come in screaming if they're talking and vice versa. Um, first of all, body language. Donald Trump was crying before he made that speech. Yes. There was not a question in my mind that that emotion was pouring out of that man. He is a he is a a, a more decent than not human being, and that he was very moved by that. Uh, he also came out soft pedaling. The ultimate salesman. He's out there soft pedaling because what he knew was going on a few doors down was a bunch of whiny brats rolling around on the floor in fetal position yes. thinking the end of the earth was coming um, and, and just just completely entombed in their own ignorance uh, and 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 then what Podesta comes out and says hey everybody go home we'll talk tomorrow we're gonna go count yeah uh, you know that was <laughs> that was uplifting uh, but you know so Trump came out at a level where if he was really, 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 you know, fire and brimstone, um, I think he would have looked gloaty. Yeah. And and he did not. He did not come out gloaty. He came out um, respectfully victorious, as well as exhausted. And and he came out as a human being. Um, so you know, we can we can dissect and inspect and resurrect everything that everybody says it worked um, and and the the voice of the people um, spreading it around the country uh, respectful of the of the fact that there is a corrective factor to the uh, electoral college that corrects things away from just enormous population densities. Um, you know, the people spoke. The people sat back and said, you know what? I'm not going to discuss this at work, and I'm not going to answer the phone and discuss it on the air, and I'm not going to answer the survey, and I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit back, and when the time comes, I'm going to walk into that booth, and while I can still do it privately, um, <laughs> I'm going to vote for the guy who... Uh, is the is the dog that's going to protect my gate? Yep. Now, Josh, that uh, to follow up there on Rich's point, that, that there was a lot of people that that didn't take the <laughs> didn't take the surveys and didn't you know any of the nonsense, and they showed up on election day. What, what, what do you make of this? Uh, I guess silent majority that showed up out of nowhere. Well, first of all, let me apologize to uh, to you for uh, when we did the election night thing. I was a little heated, uh, to say the least. Um, just to let you know, I was so nervous that night, I walked six miles around my neighborhood to get the time to pass, okay? Um, <laughs> Well, you didn't. You didn't. You, you didn't. You didn't sound that way on the air. You you sounded calm, cool, and collected, my friend. You 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 sounded organized. Uh, some of our other folks, uh, you know, uh, let emotion get to them. I know when we talked to the legendary Barry Farber towards the end of the broadcast, he was uh, celebrating. <laughs> he, he was go. He was he was a little um, a little inebriated. <laughs> You caught me at the point when Virginia just fell, when he was leading, and then Virginia fell to Hillary. That's when about you guys called 
So I was on pins and needles, uh, obviously, <laughs> at that point. But, no, look, saying with everything that's out there, the media, you know, I'm watching Fox and I'm watching CNN because I'm looking for, you know, an, on, an on-air suicide. But anyway, so I'm watching Fox and, uh, and CNN, and they're all shocked. They're all amazed. They're all like, oh, oh my yeah. God, this is a political earthquake. Why is it so shocking to think that the American people are not going to get behind a lying crook who has more baggage than a loaded 747? <laughs> to me, it seems as though the American people were smart enough and they understood what their two choices were. It was as clear as day. And they chose freedom over bondage and slavery. Why is that so shocking? Why is that a hard thing to That's figure out? Funny. That's the thing. What, what, why is it a hard thing to figure out? Rich, what, what, what do you think of, uh, of, of Josh's point there with the fact that, that people just needed to, pe- people, you know, needed to figure it out, and they freaking did figure it out? Well, it's real easy to figure out. I voted for the guy with the hot wife. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Why is why is this a problem? You're talking about putting a woman in well, the White House. Well, y- you know, I put a hot woman in the White House. That's right. We we now <laughs> have our official the very and 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 if Ross Long was here, he would agree with me on this. The the first the first lady instead of we have the first perv magnet. Uh, <laughs> she <laughs> is a perv uh, magnet. She's, she's a perv protector. You know, okay. <laughs> you know how they always say. You know how they always talk about milfs. Yes. How would you? How would you say for oh for the uh, first lady? What would be the? What would be the acronym for that? Uh, <laughs> talking about the new first lady the, or the current first lady? The new. Yeah, no, we're talking about the new one. The Richard. new one. We're talking about the new one. <laughs> Good, because otherwise I was going to have to make all my comments off air. First of all, all, let's start with the letter A. Besides being attractive, add the word accomplished. Yeah, absolutely. Add the word from square one, desirous and proud to be an American. Not, oh, wow, they just elected my black husband. Now I can be proud to be an American. (laughs) Right, exactly. Uh, Absolutely. I I am just not big on... uh, on partial Americana. Um, it it right. just doesn't work. If you're a socialist, you know, I don't agree with nine-tenths of what comes out of Bernie's mouth, but there's no question in mind that he's a socialist. She's a sanctimonious pseudo-socialist. And, yes. and that's, you know, I don't need, I don't need, you know, hypocrisy, any more hypocrisy in, in the hands of, uh, in the hands of power than, um, uh, than, than, than we've had. And we just, just plain didn't need that. And I'm telling you, the American people, IQ notwithstanding, education level notwithstanding, the people that get their hands dirty every day, the people that have to fight the war on the freeway every day to get to the office, they sat back and they said, wow, where is this going? And, and they went for the guy who put his name albeit egotistically, on everything he touches. The funny thing about being egotistical, when you put your name on everything you touch, you also put your responsibility on everything you touch. Yeah. She is not responsible exactly. for anything. Her money's not in the United States. It's scattered around the world. She's never taken a job that's created anything productive in the way of a good or service. 
She's never hired anybody other than people to support her. You know, she just, you know, her resume just came to the surface. Now, look at the numbers. We had, what, about 58,000 apiece, roughly, people voting, right? Or 55,000? 55 million? 59 million, you mean, yes. 59 million apiece. Okay, in the last race, it was 65 million to 60 million. So you have some people that just didn't vote. Um, But you also had a large number of people that would have been a a, a bloody standing economic army if he did not get elected. Because that's where it was going. They were going to say, you know what? Mm-hmm. Uh, you you want to give me this this more of same in the White House? I am going to start being really selective about what I do with my checkbook, where I put my savings, where I put my investments, where I operate on the Internet, uh, what TV mm-hmm. I watch. People were going to just very quietly and appropriately and capitalistically revolt. It was coming. Well, I, I think and that's one way, way people were going to revolt. But I also think that there was contingency plans put in place. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get into details, but let's just say you mean there were millions law? of Americans. Well, there was millions of Americans that were not going to accept a Hillary Clinton presidency because we understood it was the end of America. So let's just say there was contingency plans put in place from the Patriot movements. And uh, I'm very happy and very relieved and glad that those things, uh, you know, we don't have to worry about anymore. We have an opportunity with getting three or four Supreme Court justices to preserve liberty and freedom for generations to come. That's the number one thing, I think, out of this election. Number two, I believe that the media is now dead completely and the reason i say that is because if you look at someone like alex jones who has 30 million viewers in the month of october yes and you look at fox cnn abc nbc cbs heck msnbc you can throw c-span in there add up all of their numbers they don't even get even close to the amount of viewership that someone in the alt media like him has so i think this election showed that we were able to break through. You know, they talk about, you know, the blue Rust Belt wall that Donald Trump broke through by winning uh, Wisconsin and, and Michigan and, and Pennsylvania and all that in the Rust Belt states. Well, we broke through the media conglomerate of ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, and Fox, and we were able to take WikiLeaks and Private Veritas, Project Veritas and get that out to the masses which I believe is what turned this election, because I think there was millions of Americans on social media that got a chance to take a big, giant sniff of the amount of corruption and collusion that was happening in their government. And they said, you know what? We can't allow this to continue on any longer. So that's why I say, just like the dinosaurs before them, the mainstream media, as it's known, is officially dead. Well, nobody wanted to eat any more of the bologna sandwich. <laughs> you know, they were just tired of the bologna sandwich. Go feed it to somebody else is what the majority of American people said. And then you've got the rest of the rest of the people, you know, who are the sheep, who, or they're either, or they can't vote against their own pocketbook. You know, you have people in government that said, you know, I'd love to vote for a cutback, but I don't want them to cut me back. Uh, right. And then there's the 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 ignorant and then there's the arrogant and then there's the uh those that just plain choose to not be 
observant, or, or, or they won't read, or, or they won't engage in reading comprehension. Uh, I don't understand how the media had the audacity, you know, a perfect book, perfect book title for Obama. Uh, I don't understand how they, they had the audacity and the people had the, the followers had the just plain arrogant stupidity to not <laughs> recognize the fact that just, just take women's issues for crying out loud. Um, if there's a health risk involved in a pregnancy at any point in that pregnancy there is no law preventing a health risk enabling a mother to make a choice there's no law preventing that never was never will be okay whether they eliminate roe versus wade or not health is going to trump for want of a better term that decision so every that was just pure baloney that was people being ignorant you go on the other side, I'm here on behalf of women. Well, you really started out your career berating a 12-year-old and supporting a rapist. Exactly. You exemplified your stand-by-your-man career by berating people who were sexually abused by your husband. You hired a woman who's married to a pervert and helped hide him and spend more millions of dollars putting him in Congress. And then he's got a computer with your top secret information on it. Hey, yeah, this is working for women. You yeah. know, if, if they shocked. can't see that, if, if they can't, if, if a woman is that stupid that they can't see that, and I have to use the word stupid because women also have the highest incidence of increase in smoking of any singular group. I mean, this is, this is dumb. You, you can't do the math. If you're taking the pill and you're smoking, or else at one in five, you're going to get breast cancer. This is smart. You know, men, I've already accepted the fact that men are dumb. You know, I'll go with that across the board as a gender. Um, you know, give them sports, give them food, give them a remote, give me a beer. You know, that's it, I'm happy kind of thing. It's an exaggeration, but we always like to think of women with a broad paintbrush, of genuinely being logical and nurturing and intelligent and certainly not acting against their own self-interest. And in, in the case of the support for Hillary Clinton, I just don't understand it. <laughs> I, I didn't either. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, and one of the things that I said to you, uh, Jiggy, um, on the air the other night, and you asked me what I thought, and I said, I can't believe there are this many million Americans that are this stupid, I think I said, and absolutely brain-dead to follow a, a criminal like this. I mean, how can you possibly say that Donald Trump is this bad to where you would actually vote for a criminal under federal investigation, her foundation, I mean, everything that came out in WikiLeaks and, and all the other things that came out? It's just amazing to me. And what that shows, and I think I said that to you, I said what this shows is just how far America has fallen morally and ethically and all these other different ways so look we've got an opportunity now i want to, i don't you know i don't want to be negative but we have an opportunity now to do a lot of amazingly great things and i think one of the things and this it's a huge opportunity and i hope republican i know that i know that donald trump recognizes it but i hope that republicans recognize it too 
we have an opportunity to secure, I would say, between 25 and 50 percent of the Hispanic and African-American vote in future elections by cleaning up the urban cities, providing, you know, more opportunity, more jobs, more freedom for them, um, better futures for them, better schools for them. We've got an amazing opportunity. Yes, amazing opportunity to really expand um, the Republican Party to show that, you know, we are the party of ideas, the party of Lincoln. We are the party of limited government, all those different things. And I think it can be done. I truly do. And if anybody can do it, it's Donald Trump. You know, I, I, I agree with you, but, but I have to alter the wording a tad. I am far less concerned about redefining the Republican Party than I am about redefining Americanism and responsibility. There's an awful lot of things about the Republican Party that have been astoundingly stupid, uh, maybe not mm-hmm. as many as in the Democratic Party, but um, I, I truly expected after the previous uh, uh, Democratic convention, I expected lightning to hit the place because of their inability to use the word God. Uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, but at the same time, um, you don't put God in every sentence. God's in your heart. He's not in every sentence. He's not in everything that happens in government. Uh, he may be there, but he should not be conversationally there. And if you target, if you target the positive center, as opposed to saying, "Well, now it's time you came over to the right," as opposed to the left, or the left as opposed to the right, if you target the positive the positive place where everybody needs to walk, the common yes. areas. You're, you're going to get the people and the dogs. But, <laughs> but, but, but you're, going, you're awesome. going to get the people from both sides. You have to touch on the common areas. You know, you, know, you have to make right. people realize I, I that, 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 that if they're all smoking dope, some of them are not going to be driving really well. Right. I understand that. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that as you create jobs and as you create opportunities and as you rebuild infrastructure and as you, uh, you know, offer more school choice for, you know, inner city kids, you're giving them an opportunity. You're not giving them a handout. You're giving them a hand up. And what I'm saying saying is that Donald Trump has been very different because if you really think about it, and I've said this many times before, America just elected the first ever third-party candidate for president, because this is not a Republican. This is a Jeffersonian Democrat slash Libertarian, and thank God he is, and thank goodness that he's not a neocon conservative either. He's a populist pragmatist, and he cares about people, and obviously it's going to show. So what I'm saying is, whether he wants to bring the people into the party or not, I believe that there could be an influx over time as they see for themselves very much so communities being rebuilt that it's the Republicans, not the Democrats, that have done this for us. Well, That's what I'm you, trying to say. You know, and, 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 and I, I concur with that. And I think what you see here is the beginning of, an, of the 21st century Kennedy, a non-dynasty yes. um, person who should never have, was never expected to be in the White House. Jack Kennedy was never expected to be in the White House. 
His father stuck him there when his brother died. He didn't even want to be president originally. And if you took his policies, his policies today would be so far to the right of the Democratic Party. Exactly. Um, and and Bobby Kennedy I've said that many times. Bobby Kennedy called in there, and and I've done my picking on both of these people uh, in 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 retrospect and at the time. But uh, Bobby Kennedy, when he got into office, turned around to his brother and said, "Okay, I'm going after all these groups." And his brother, his brother said to him, "You can't do that. They got me into office." He said, yeah, <laughs> but, he, but you hired me to prosecute people who do that, and I'm going after them. And he did. Um, there was a level of accountability, of self-accountability. Jack Kennedy wanted to be something other than the son of a very rich bootlegger, which is what he was. You know, none of that Kennedy right. money originated legally. Um, nobody talks about that. Uh, and you have... You have the, uh, the the 21st century Kennedys coming into office. Uh, hey, they thought that uh, he was going to be ruled by the Pope because he was Catholic. Uh, right. They thought that you know his wife was going to have a foreign influence on him because she was French. I think she did have a bit of an influence on him about going into Vietnam, but that's just a side theory. <laughs> um, nobody expected that hole to ever get that deep. But, um, you know, well, let's hope and pray that everything uh, but opportunity. I agree that he doesn't, you know, have the same outcome as Kennedy, if you know what I mean. Yes. Um, But what I'm saying is, ultimately, if you're right, if Kennedy was alive today, he would never be a Democrat. He wouldn't be able to run in the Democrat Party. He would actually be to the right of Ted Cruz. That's how conservative JFK actually was. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think so it's interesting. Careful to see with the label. Donald Trump is similar. Yeah, and I think one of the most important things to do in this process is let people know that all these these various gods that we've put up on 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 American Mount Olympus, um, we have to be very careful as to how they were labeled because just like the Greek gods, they were flawed. They were flawed, and yet. They had more going on that was positive for us than was negative for us. Um, you know, you um, have to be in context. But right now, in the context of contemporary America, you pick the right choice of words, the populist pragmatist. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I can see, you know, we were talking this morning about, you know, what if he picks this guy for his cabinet and that guy for his cabinet and this guy does this and that guy does that? If they're not getting the job done, you're going to hear those two TV words out of Donald Trump's mouth. You're fired. <laughs> He's not going to exactly. have anybody in there, and I can tell you this from people I know firsthand who have worked with him. He's not going to have anybody in there who's not doing the job. They're right. not going to stay. Well, let's do this. Uh, we are going to take a brief break, probably 60 seconds, then we're going to come back and talk about uh, health care because uh, Josh is a representative of AMAC, and uh, I want to get Richard and Josh's thoughts on uh, where we go with health care. We're going to take a 60-second break and come back with more here on our big broadcast. I'm 
FM stations across the country and around the world, iHeartRadio as well. And uh, Josh Bernstein with us today, political writer and, of course, great television show host. He is going to be uh, all over the election, uh, post-election. And we've also got our good friend Richard Curtis from Strategies PR and also one of the main uh, supporters of the La Jolla Writers Conference out there. And... Uh, Josh, you're a representative for AMAC. Talk a little bit about where you see uh, health care going now that uh, they have the ability to repeal and replace Obamacare. Right, exactly. Uh, look, I hope that it happens, but uh, if the Republicans were smart right about now, and I know that they have had um, past uh, legislation that they have brought forward and legislation that they have worked on as a alternative to um, you know, two of them care. If they were smart, they would be taking that out of their drawer, brushing the dust off it, and taking a look at it, modernizing it a little bit more, and having two or three solid proposals ready so that when Donald Trump takes over on January 20th, within, let's say, 30 to 60 days, they have a real shot to not only say to the American people, by the way, Obamacare is gone, and here's what we're going to replace it with, that's what we need to make sure. We can't just say we're going to replace it and then not have anything in the background to replace it with. And actually, that's kind of where uh, AMAC comes in, because we actually have the AMAC best plan. It's only 15 pages long. You actually really do get to keep your doctor. It's a lot less expensive. The premiums are a lot less expensive. And uh, again, it's only 15 pages long, and it allows you to have more freedom with your health care choices and decisions. People can go to amac.us and check it out, amac.us, or call toll-free 888-262-2006, 888-262-2006. Tell them you heard Josh Bernstein, their national spokesman, talking about AMAC, and uh, we'll even give you a free membership, no strings attached. We are that conservative alternative to AARP. Now, Rich, uh, what, what, what do you make of uh, Josh's plans, and, and, and what, what, what do you think that Trump should be doing? Well, you, you, can't, you can't look at this like we're going to take the fine china or even the cheap dishes that are on the table and do magic by yanking the tablecloth from under them and expect <laughs> that they're not going to get knocked all over the floor. Yeah. Uh, before you got here, before we got to the great and wonderful legacy of Barack Obama, we had the attempt at this by Hillary Clinton some years back. Again, non-historic people don't remember this. Um, but before you even do that, you have to recognize this is a multifaceted problem. So starting out with asking a question about what I thought of what Josh said, I agree, but it has to be addressed more comprehensively. Yeah. You had, prior to the, any of these coming into place, 65% of the net expenses for medical treatment in this country were being paid for by the government. Was everybody being served? Well, maybe they didn't have health care, but they were showing up in the ERs. And if they weren't showing up in the ERs, they were showing up in, 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 in backwater clinics, and there were a lot of horror stories, and there were a lot of happy stories and there was a lot of giving and a, and a lot of, of, of taking advantage of people so it was not a good overall system and it was 65% being paid for by the taxpayer anyway um, so when you come back to it and you say okay 
we have the people who are buying their own health insurance and they're basically paying the health insurance for everybody else because they're working and they're paying taxes. How can we better make that work? It's three pronged. Number one, get the expenses down. Stop making a, a, a $10,000 pill compensate for the fact that you got 10,000 people out there who are not paying for that pill. Find a better way to make that work. Mm -hmm. uh, number two, take responsibility for your personal health care. Health care begins with you taking care of your health. There has to be consequences, financial consequences, if you deliberately do not do everything you can to maintain your health. And I'm not talking about people who mentally can't or people who physically can't. I'm talking about people who stuff their faces with fast food, smoke like chimneys, and drink like fish, and then go driving. <laughs> okay? Uh, there are all kinds of issues with obesity. You know I work with people like this who are, who are addressing these issues yep. and doing what they can. But there are other people that just say, hey, you know, I don't care. I got health care insurance. So we have the cost factor, you have the personal care factor, and then you have the administrative issues caused by insurance companies. I was just at my chiropractor's office this morning. He's got three pages of paperwork he has to go through to collect $30. Jesus. On a, on a, on a someone's insurance. It's ludicrous. Make it so that the insurance companies have 30 days to get that check out, have a simplified claims procedure, for verification and get it done. And if the insurance company doesn't get it done in 30 days, they pay a penalty. And they don't pay the penalty to the government. They pay the penalty to the provider and the person who wrote the check to them. Uh, so now if you have the three factors involved in health insurance actually doing their jobs, then we have a manageable system. And then we figure out how to best fund it, how to best get the most out of that 65% and maybe pare that down and maybe make it so, okay, your family can't afford $1,500 a month, but they can afford 400 a month. And we're going to supplement that, but we're going to supplement it to a system that works, not to a crappy system. Uh, what we've been well, doing is we've added government money to crappy systems. Yes. And then making, making the rich richer and the poor poor. And we haven't been affecting health at all. I'm in no, I'm in no uh, favor of supplementing people with the government's money for health care. What I would like to see done is, is, well, I know we are, and that needs to change. I really do believe that. I mean, look, we already have universal health care. If you go to an emergency room, they have to treat you. So we already understand that. Yeah, but what I'm but saying is if you can force yeah, I know, right? But it's four <laughs> things you got to do. You got to repeal the entire bill, every single syllable, word, phrase, you know, provision, all of it gone, everything gone. Then what you, you do is you have a clean slate. Well, yeah. here's what you do. This is what you do. You end up repealing the entire thing, and then what you do is you do put new insurance out there that will cover pre-existing conditions. And you give tax breaks and subsidies to the insurance companies for not only being able to insure everyone, but also incentivizing them to insure everyone and allowing them to cover pre-existing conditions. But you have to give them major subsidies. You don't give the government, you give the insurance company the subsidy so that they can then provide the insurance for everybody else. Then what provided, you do is you open up... Provided they're acting ethically. 
Well, yes, and and I guess that's where the government gets involved because they would have to kind of force, I guess, in some respects, the insurance companies to and you know to do this, and that would come through Congress. But then what you do is you open it up over state lines, just as Donald Trump has said, not so eloquently. He just says you open up the lines. You know, okay, it's like a supermarket; it doesn't make any sense. But anyway, so you open up the lines and you allow people to buy insurance in different states. That obviously will create more competition, which then in turn will lower the overall cost of health insurance. Then you have to get the lawyers out of the equation as best you can. When you sue a doctor, you better be able to prove that that doctor made some kind of medical mistake. You must have, you know, documentation of it or got a bit of physical physicality from it. Then you can sue the doctor. But just having a situation where something, you know, a wrong diagnosis, something goes wrong and you sue the doctor, then the next thing you know, you're causing more and more pain to the system because now they have to carry more and more insurance for medical malpractice lawsuit insurance. They already only get paid, what, 50, 52% of everything they bill out, you know, through Medicare and and everything else. So those are some of the things you do. You do retort reform on medical malpractice, open up health savings accounts, allow people to put catastrophic care from, you know, money aside for those types of things. That's how you solve the system, I think, overall. And you can make the system much better. And then if you really want to, you can make like a generosity pool where people can just donate extra money to a critical care pool, let's just say. And that money would sit there and would work as a reserve in case, you know, people needed extra money or there was some kind of issue or some kind of, you know, disaster that happened in the country or something like that, and you just want to donate some extra money, then, you know, you have a pool that can do that and then obviously have that, you know, be able to be dispersed to the people that need it the most. Let me let me give you a specific example where I'm willing to vote against my own self-interest. <laughs> in, 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 times, in times past, it has cost me upwards of $1,500, $1,800 a month for health care for just the two of us in the house. And we're relatively healthy. We're damned healthy. Uh, yes. Uh, I, I don't spend $100 a year on prescriptions. Uh, I, I have to remember to go to the doctor, okay? And, and so we are perhaps oddly healthy. And I'm going to go bang on something wooden now besides my head. <laughs> I was thrilled initially, and I'm quite pleased, that my cost for the best I can buy in Medicare, now that I'm past 65, is costing me about, combined everything, about 550 bucks a year, uh, a month for the two of us. It's too low. The doctors are getting paid too low who provide the services right. under that plan. I am underpaying, and someone else is picking up that tab. I can't pay more money. If I wrote the check for $1,000 a month, which would be fair, uh, and and I said, hey, give the extra to the people who can't afford it, they're, they're going to hire 10 new bureaucrats to figure out what to do with the money. Yep. And, and I'm going to be putting some bureaucrat's kid through college. I'm not going to be accomplishing my factor. <laughs> so so you, if you have a collective security agreement, which is what this is, it's a collective financial security agreement, just like you have in, a, in, in, the, in NATO, okay? 
NATO would really, really not benefit if one of the members of NATO or three of the members of NATO decided that it was a really good idea to go out and pick and fights with other countries. Not a good plan. Any more than you can have people who are part of your collective health security agreement not trying to stay healthy. You have to incentivize common sense and health. And the press has done nothing to incentivize common sense. Yes. Board at any level. <laughs> yes, you uh, are completely and, correct and on are that. Led around. Half the country is led around by the nose. Uh, there's no question about that. So this is going to be a big educational item, and it has to be simplified. This is not really complicated. It has to be explained and simplified so that it can get done. Uh, and you're right. We have to have another plan to slide in as we slide that one out. The functional, exactly. the terminology of repeal and replacement sounds really good, but there are different ways to do that. There may be defunding and refunding and modification to get it to happen. But the first thing you have to do is stop putting bad labels on things. Stop calling it affordable health care when it's unaffordable, <laughs> uh, unhealthy, and we don't care. Right. Well, you know? Now, Jiggy, how long have I been saying on your program the Unaffordable Careless Act? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well over a year. You have year been saying half, that for, for a while. Now, uh, so good, why doesn't Congress have it? <laughs> I know, right? Well, that too. Well, let's wrap up here. Um, uh, let, let's start with Josh. How do we get a hold of you online? And then we'll go to Rich, and then we'll uh, let you guys go for the day. Okay, so you just go to YouTube. Just put in the Josh Bernstein Show. You'll find hundreds and hundreds of videos of my TV show. Please subscribe to my channel. You can also go to my website, joshbernsteinpoliticalwriter.com. And remember, if you are 50 years of age or older and you either have AARP or you don't like AARP and you want to try something different, check us out at amac.us. Again, amac.us or call toll-free 888-262-2006, 888-262-2006. Tell them that you heard Josh Bernstein on the Jiggy Jaguar Show. Mention my name. We'll give you a no-strings-attached free membership, amac.us. Rich, how do we get a hold of you, my friend? RichCurrits at gmail.com. We're, we're getting our broadcasting off the ground. We're getting our blogs off the ground. We're, we're coming out um, with better communication. But in the meantime, if somebody wants to know who to talk to or how to try to get something done or has an idea or has a suggestion, send it to me, and we'll try to put it together and include it with the other experts that I know that are trying to put things together that are pragmatic and ethical and apolitical. Um, it, it, should be, it should be noted that I have voted on both sides of the fence over time. Um, I did not vote for Hillary, but, uh, <laughs> but that, I think that's patently obvious at this point in time, but probably for a lot different reasons than other people voted. Um, it's, um, it's all about communication information. Just give me an email and we'll see if we can't find a direction to go in. Well, that'll work. Well, gentlemen, I appreciate the, uh, the conversation and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you guys. Okay, just real quick. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. Thank you real quick. Um, I'm going to start sending you the news minutes today and then moving forward each day so you'll receive them. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward right. to it. You guys have yourself a you wonderful day. We'll talk soon. Thank you, guys. 
We're going to get to Harvey Neiman here in just a few seconds. is a Josh Bernstein News Minute powered by AMAC. Subhuman animals, that's what I'll call them, posing as legitimate protesters 